Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... Tyler Hamilton. Oh, you weren't going to be like, and John Tyler Rambo Hymanson. I was, but I didn't have anything good. <laughs> it felt forced. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, we're done. We're done with Wales. We freed him enough times. He's fine. They're free. He's fine. They've adventured home. We actually, we've freed two whales at this point. Okay. Yeah. We freed Willie and then Willie again. And then we rescued him. I meant like the first three movies were the same whale. Oh, yeah. I Second see. Second movie was a new whale. Two whales. Right. Yeah. But now he's swimming uh, in the render farm in the sky. <laughs> now we're taking on some very serious issues <laughs> with the Rambo series uh, and kicking things off with First Blood, which was out in 1982, October 22nd, 1982, and is not called Rambo in any way. Nope. No, it is much like uh, Indiana Jones, where it is uh, the first Indiana Jones movie is uh, Rage of the Lost Ark and has in, no Indiana and, Jones and involved there is, at all. There is a lot of controversy going on about that right now. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but I do believe uh, that on some of the Blu-rays and stuff, you'll see it say Rambo First Blood. Yeah, um, but uh, for our purposes, we're going to go with the uh, the original title of when it was released. Yes, First, first Blood. Blood. Um, and uh, here's the first trailer for First Blood. John Rambo, a drifter, just passing through their town. Morning. Headed north or south? North. Now jump in. I'll make sure you're heading the right direction. You got some place I can eat around here? There's a diner about 30 miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah, me. I want you to book this gentleman for vagrancy, resisting arrest, carrying a concealed weapon. They knew he was innocent. Starting to dislike you. A lot. And they didn't give a damn. That's okay, Warren. Don't worry about the soap. He's tough. Now, if you can't tell from that trailer, I think... Um, I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like this is one of the most like serious movies we've watched yes, on the podcast. I believe absolutely correct. Yeah. I mean, okay. Can we talk? Have you guys seen this movie before? Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, I feel like I've seen it a long time ago, but, but what I remember is different. I feel like from different movies more. So when I started watching this, I was like, oh, this is not what I, I expected. I had no <laughs> flipping clue mm-hmm. what this movie was. Like, I just assumed it was going to be like... A crazy missing in action. Missing action. Like yeah. he's going to be in Vietnam. He's going to be shooting up and killing Asian people all over the place. That's just what I assume. And so I'm sitting there and the beginning's happening. I'm like, okay, we're going to flash back to Vietnam and stay there, right? Because what is happening right now? And then <laughs> yeah. it continues and I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like everyone's being a piece of shit to this war hero. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> like I had no yeah. idea what was going on. Like if the movie was like more than half over when I was finally just like, okay, this is what the movie's about. <laughs> it is one of those uh, very much like uh, the Mad Max movies mm-hmm. where the first movie is uh, far more serious and di- almost in a different genre than the rest of the movies. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, this is like a contemplative mm-hmm. discourse on PTSD yeah. and like and like how we treat vets, yeah. like and and what what Vietnam was for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know this one too. Um, it's based on uh, a novel by the same name by David Morrell, and he was inspired by. You know, I read like a an intro to one of the books, and he also talks about it on special features. Um, he was watching Walter, Walter Cronkite at night, and they showed mm-hmm. a news story about the troops in Vietnam, and then they showed a news story about the riots and everything back home yep. in the U.S. And he had a you know a thought in that moment that like these are the same story. Yeah. And what if um, that conflict came back to the U.S. and mm-hmm. then? You know, after the war, he had a lot of students that had fought in the war, and they started telling him stories about the what you know would later be known as like post-traumatic stress syndromes, mm-hmm. but at the time was not really being dealt with in any mm-hmm. in any meaningful way. And so he kind of took those stories and his thoughts about everything and put it into this book. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're coming at with the, a film in 1982 that's like one of the first films to really deal with that kind of side of the mm-hmm. uh, of vets coming back from Vietnam. Very serious stuff. I, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was so confused. Um, yeah. I, like there was like five different times where I thought I knew what the movie was about. And then I was like, it's like, at first I was like, Oh, he's going to be like looking for all of his buddies. Right. And then I was like, well, Nope, it's not that. And then I was like, okay, we're going to see what happened to him in Vietnam. Nope. We're not going to see that. And nope. then like, <laughs> You know, escaping the woods. Okay, yeah, he kind of did that, but then now there's a whole other thing, and it's just like, mm-hmm. oh my god. Well, because the series of events in this movie are so like, what is happening? The they're whole so time? small. I yeah. mean, they're so like the escalation just seems it's um, insane. It doesn't. It, it's very plausible, but it also seems batshit. It's like really, yeah. this is where like they're flying a helicopter and trying to shoot this vagrant. Yeah, Cause it's and, like, yeah, because it comes from like basically nothing, right? Like the guy he's was literally just walking, just walking around, and <laughs> yeah. then yep. Brian Den, he's like, "We don't take kindly to your kind <laughs> yeah. around yep. here," you know. Like, which I didn't even know anything about Brian Dennehy other than when they talk about him in the South Park movie. And so I was like, "Oh yeah, that guy." And I was like, "What is oh, happening?" Oh yeah, Brian Dennehy is amazing in this movie. Yeah, and he's amazing. Great. In general. I mean, like he, they're like, and it's so funny, but like too, because like this is an older movie, right? And so I'm just like, they're treating him so bad, but like. He's white. Like, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, what? But he's also white. Like, you and, know? Uh, and Vietnam vets did get treated like shit. Right. Yeah, that is, which is that crazy. Is true. And, uh, yeah, some of that gets played out, uh, you know, later in the movie we'll talk about. Because, like, um, I, you would think, that. like, I guess just the stereotype now is, like, you would just think that anywhere that's, like, a rural white community would be falling over themselves to help out some vet that passes through. And this was not the case in this yeah. movie or back then. Yeah, so, you know, the movie opens on a very lonesome-looking John Rambo mm-hmm. uh, trying to reconnect with one of his old... Uh, mm-hmm. The only one that's supposedly still alive. Yeah, from his from his unit, and he goes, and it's his family, and they clearly want nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he finds out that his friend died of cancer due to Agent Orange. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is so sad. And the scene play... This is, this is the secret sauce or whatever you want to call for this movie because it sets up everything of like she's indifferent she's upset at him because she is projecting all of the loss and every the pain of the war on him you fought it you did it you know and and that's why i don't have my son Mm -hmm. um and and i think that a lot of that angst did get projected onto to to vietnam vets and and 
he's also so sweet and he's trying to find someone who could understand. You could tell that he's been wandering. You could tell he's only he wanted to find someone who could be a safe harbor for him. And mm-hmm. he's denied that. And even in this last shred, it seems like he's gone through, you know, he's been wandering the country trying to find these people. Yeah. You don't know how long he's been going. And this is the last place that he thought he could find something. And, and there's nothing for him here either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, and then so he just starts walking and then immediately into intro Brian Dennehy <laughs> to come be a real charming asshole. Yep. Yep. He even tries to, you know, make it seem like he's helping him out. Well, I'll so, give you a ride. Where are you Rambo going? is like so patient with this asshole sheriff for like. He gives him so many chances to do the right thing and yep. just leave him alone. Yep. He this guy did nothing wrong, and he he's poking him, he's poking him, and Rambo's just like, "Why are you pushing? All right, me? okay. Why are you pushing? All right, me? fine. Like, and then like they just go nuts on him, and that's when he finally snaps. But like, yeah, they like they have multiple chances where this whole thing could have been avoided. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, so you know Brian Dennehy's character, uh, what's his name, Will, um. He's the sheriff of the of the little small town, and he takes him out to the end of the town, puts him on the bridge, and Rambo turns around, and starts walking back because he's just, yeah. just trying to get some food. He wants like, yeah. food, yeah, yeah. And who knows where the next town well, is? And, right. and and he gets in the car, and he's like, "Yeah, like uh, I'll take you to a diner. It's it's forty miles up the highway." And he he just takes him to the edge of and town. Like we had seen these like lovely yeah. shots of the town, and there's a huge Dairy Queen logo right. and everything. The town has an entrance that says "Welcome to Hope." Holiday yeah. land? And I was <laughs> yeah. like, what? It's a fictional town. It's Hope, Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of uh, um, LED neon lights yep. in that place. Yep. Very cool. Um, but yeah, and so, it's Christmas. Right. Yeah. So Rambo turns around, uh, and Brian Dennehy's character uh, is not happy about that and arrests, yep. <laughs> arrests him immediately. For yep. vagrancy, which I'm like, is that even a crime? Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know. Like, I oh. mean, yeah, I think. Yeah, it is. You yeah. can, yeah. <laughs> Um, and he gets taken back to, uh, the sheriff's, uh, police station, mm-hmm. um, where, uh, an af- unfortunate series of events leads <laughs> to, uh, a bunch of, uh, f- you know, we always, you know, people joke about Vietnam flashbacks every once in a while, but that's like really what's happening in this, yep. in a serious way in this movie. Well, and it's like worse than an unfortunate series of events. It's like a bunch of actions that these assholes take to torture this guy for yeah. no reason. Right. It's not like they're trying to get information. Well, it's not like they're it, trying to get him to do anything. It's like, let's just torture him for fun. That's true. Well, some of it was unclear, like, if this was just part of the procedure of, like, putting someone in jail. I don't know. What no, 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 no. It's, it's like shaving. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't want to deal with their authority. And, and like, he's like, I shouldn't be here. I, I don't need to be. So they're trying, they're trying to fingerprint him and he's fingerprints. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. But shaving fire, hosing him the down. Fire, yeah, absolutely that was, not. Like, that is now, yeah. horrible. Ch- choking him with a nightstick. Yeah. yeah, yeah what yeah. the hell? <laughs> so, but they take it all as resisting. They take it all as, well, now it's time to flex. This, this person doesn't want to, you know, Oh, he's it, it's it's um, it's all very natural and it's all very uh, testosterone driven. And Rambo uh, Sylvester Stallone is doing a very good job of. It's one of those things where it's an actor who is, I wouldn't say he has the most range, but when he's being stoic and and being a tough guy, he's very very good at it. Yeah. And you can tell that he is trying. <clears throat> 
not to get into it with them mm-hmm. whatsoever. He has much more range than I think like pop culture really gives him oh, credit for, sure. for. I think most people know that. Like if you've seen, even if you've just seen the original Rocky or like, you right. know well, that I he mean, has the, that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, at this point, Rocky is one best picture. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, like, he's he coming has, off of Rocky three before yeah. he does this. Yeah. yeah. True. So yeah, right. he's become a little bit of a like parody of himself at this point. But like, I think they said this was the first non Rocky movie of his that wasn't a complete flop. Yeah. So he, you know, it was, kind of floundering at this point but yeah he's very like serious and mm-hmm. yeah and i mean the movie has like it's I, like i hesitate almost to say like funny moments oh, like definitely funny yes. there are funny moments <laughs> like just and, from an um, action standpoint that you're just like what the heck you know like or stuff that he does that's just like insane like from a survivalist like fighting combat yeah. standpoint but yeah like you were saying before it's definitely the most serious movie we've ever done yeah <laughs> Um, well, yeah, it has some pretty uh, standard um, action movie beats. Like mm-hmm. it, like it very much ha- like it has like a little bit of Die Hard in there. It has a lot of you know this tough guy stuff. But the thing that's really subversive about the movie is that it's a Vietnam war vet, a war hero that we come to find out later, like someone who is highly decorated yeah. against a small town police force. It's ostensibly people that you would think on paper are good guys, or I don't know, I don't. Maybe I don't think that they're good guys. <laughs> yeah, but, you but, would think that they would be good guys yes. in this situation. Typically, in these types of movies, it, these these forces are not pitted against each Especially other. Especially when he didn't do anything wrong. Yes, yeah. until they arrested him, I guess. But, right. Yeah. Well, and like we can talk more about this, but like the difference between Sylvester Stallone and this movie, and all the Chuck Norris movies that we saw, which ostensibly shouldn't have really been funny either, and were, had serious things, but like. I don't know. Chuck Norris like never gets that vulnerable. Yeah. Like there were moments where he's like supposed to be vulnerable, but somehow he never like right. lets go in the way that Sylvester Stallone does in this movie. Yep. Like it, like Chuck Norris would have a flashback and he'd be like, "Oh, I'm so sad or I'm so traumatized." <sighs> but like he was always like firm and tough. Like he never really lets go. Yeah. Well, yeah, in this movie the, like Chuck Norris don't cry. Yeah. yeah. Sylvester Stallone breaks like has a full breakdown. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but, but even even throughout before that happens. But though. both movies do have rats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the rats. So uh, Rambo kicks the shit out of all the cops. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> very easily, might I well, say. Well, and, and like it, it gets to the point where, where he's being choked, and then they pull, they, they're, they're trying, they, they basically put a nightstick around his neck, and then they, they're, they're trying to forcibly shave him dry with a straight razor. Yeah. And this is the point where the PTSD kicks in because, like, he's trying not to hurt anybody right. this whole time, but then has a Vietnam flashback and of goes. When he got sliced and across he, the chest. When he got yeah. sliced across the chest, when he was choked. and But that is so horrible and terrifying. Anybody would have that visceral oh, reaction yes. to someone approaching you with a straight razor, like, that you don't trust and you're being choked. And the guy with the straight razor says, hey, don't move. You might slit your own throat. Yeah. Ugh. Like, come on. So <laughs> he goes ape shit on these cops yep. and kicks five guys' ass. Like, he John Wicks them. He John Wicks them. He really does. 
This is so crazy that apparently he actually did accidentally break one of the guy's yes. noses, and that guy has a, a bandage for the rest of the movie. <laughs> which is, which apparently in the book is the beat that happens. He, like, yeah. he actually does break the nose. It just actually happened in the movie. Yeah, yeah. and I'm sure Sylvester Stallone was very sorry and yes. you know, whatnot. But uh, we should also mention that we have uh, baby David Caruso. That's right. The little uh, Ricky yeah. cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is the only thing I know David Caruso from. And so when I saw him in the opening credits, I was like, oh. Oh, David Cruz is in this movie, and then he's probably on screen for like a good three or four minutes before I was like, "Oh, that's him!" Oh yeah, that's he's him. a little like you know ginger boy, like, and he's the one being like, "I don't know if we should do this, guys." You know, like this seems yeah. wrong. I you also, know? I also saw Bruce Greenwood in the, in yes. the uh, credits as yes. a guardsman number five, and I was like, I never would. He find was one him. in the National Guard. Yeah, but uh, Rambo escapes. We get a sweet uh, motorcycle chase. Into the forest. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. This motorcycle <laughs> chase is crazy. <laughs> so much unnecessary air. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he, he's like getting chased by the uh, cops and he runs the motorcycle into the woods and up a hill. Yes. For quite some time before getting <laughs> off. <of> oh, <laughs> before we fully leave the police station, too, like one of my favorite moments of the movie is like, Sylvester Stone's already knocked out like three or four of the guys yeah. and another guy comes running around the corner oh, and he's yeah. like, what the hell is going on? And then he just gets kicked <laughs> in the face and falls down like as he's turning the corner like mid-sentence. Uh, so I really want a gif of that. But, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One of my, an- another favorite thing, I was tempted to call this uh, ADR the movie. Yes, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's so much like redubbed voices and uh, a lot of it is just really funny. The car chase is, crazy too because yes Sylvester Stallone gets so much unnecessary wheelies and air in this but when he goes over the train tracks and then the car does it so high like it's insane (laughs) apparently like they shot this once and the guy like was horribly injured because the car went so high that they had to film it again and the one in the movie is the reshoot that is supposed to be more realistically lower (laughs) and it is Oh, why? This car goes like 10 know, it's feet like a, over It's like a Blues Brothers type yeah. uh, <laughs> flying car thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they just, for some reason, they bring out everything they've got just to chase this guy into the woods. It's insane. They... There's one guy who, the guy who was really being, like, the main aggressor in the whole, like, um, other than the main sheriff, there was, like, this old guy, and he was the one that was, like, holding his neck with the nightstick and stuff, Mm -hmm. and he's the one that is in the helicopter shooting at Sylvester Stallone, and, like... It's like you need a helicopter to shoot this one homeless guy, ostensibly. Like, that is just. It's crazy. And the whole time, like, uh, you know, the sheriff, Will, is like yelling, like, stop shooting. What the hell are you doing? I told you not to shoot. Yeah, but then this guy's like, I'm going to kill this The old guy kind of goes rogue. And even the helicopter guy's like, this is unsafe. I don't want to drive the helicopter in here. And the guy tells him, like, if you don't fly this thing right, I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. And the helicopter (laughs) pilot's like, all right. You know? (laughs) Yep. But, uh, yeah, we get some insane stunt work in this scene where uh, there's people falling off cliff edges, falling through trees. It's nuts. I mean, well, because basically it's like Rambo's up. like, And, and you find – and I, I read something in the book where, like, a lot of the, the guys in the police office the, – the police officers were vets of the Korean War and mm-hmm. he was supposed to be vets of the Vietnam War and, you know, different tactics and, their, you know, all these other things. And it's like – but 
he's so backed up into a corner here that he basically like is behind a tree, knows he's about to die. And is like, okay, well I have one shot and he throws a rock at a helicopter. Yeah. And it ends up working, but it's one of those things where it's just like it, it's not like, yeah, he's so smart. It's pure desperation. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, and, but, like, the movie does such a great job of having him on that night. It's like, I'm in survival mode. Like, I am in pure survival mode. Like, I'm now locked into this. This is what's happening. And I think that the the guy on the helicopter did shoot him, which is the, oh, yes, the titular first blood uh, mm-hmm. that they, that was drawn. Um, and then, yeah, he throws the rock at the helicopter, and which causes, of course, the helicopter driver to flinch. And then the old guy falls out and really hits the rocks bad yeah. and they he goes head first. away. Yeah, it's really rough. Yikes. Uh, and, um, yeah, Rambo also lets go of the ledge and jumps down because he's got yep. nowhere else to go. Well, and before this, as he's running through, like, he gets to the edge of this quarry and, like, he was just trying to run. Like, he yeah. was not trying to, to fight, fight them. Fight back, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, he gets backed into a corner then he gets, then they fly in the helicopter and he's like, okay, guess I gotta jump. Yep. He even, God, it's making me think of Aladdin. He's like, yeah. all I got to do is jump. <laughs> well, you know, and, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone did uh, apparently like 75% of the stunts yeah. in this movie. And this is one of them. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, they show, I saw uh, in, the, in the behind the scenes, they have photos. They had these huge, like huge, like air mm. blow up things, you know, to try to in catch him. In case he didn't catch the tree. And I guess they did it like four times. Yeah. And on the last time, he like actually like broke a rib and like punctured uh. his spleen, like oh, falling God. on the tree. Uh, and yeah, apparently he had to go to the hospital a bunch during this shoot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, he's a trooper. Yeah, um, that's a crazy stunt. Oh yeah, also it's like one of those old stunts that you're like, people would not do that. Also, nowadays. also apparently, um, the rot, like the piece of canvas that he turns into a coat mm-hmm. because he's shirtless when he escapes mm-hmm. into this thing, uh, was just a piece of canvas they actually found in the woods. Yeah, that he wore the entire <laughs> that's time. So yeah, awesome. and the other thing too is this whole movie, like you don't know from looking, but they do a good job of making you realize, like, oh, it's freezing. Yeah, and, like because when he runs away, he's soaking wet, and he only has a tank top, and so he grabs like this shitty piece of canvas because he's so cold and then like the cops are freezing cold and it rains at one point and then like at some point the rest of the movie Brian Dennehy is wearing like a luxurious sheepskin and leather like fluffy you know I love that jacket jacket it's it's pretty awesome yeah like yeah and it was cold in real life there it wasn't like yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, but his jacket is just like so ridiculously luxurious at that point that you're kind of like oh man yeah it's like like one of those one of those up north jackets yeah like oh yeah Uh, anyways (laughs) (laughs) I got distracted by the fashion uh (laughs) so rambo goes to examine this dead guy's body that fell off the cliff and he's like oh crap and then he sees all the other cops gathering at the top of the cliff and he even gives them another chance and he's like look this guy fell i did not even kill him which there's no reason for them not to believe that because it is pretty much impossible that he caused the guy Yeah, he jumped on the helicopter and threw him out yeah and so he's like this guy died i did not kill him like there's already a guy dead and I didn't want that to happen. And I just want to leave, like, just leave me alone. I will leave with Kyle, call it a wash, you let know, like, go. yeah. And, and the, he's like, let it go, let it go. And they're like, and they're like, okay, you know, and they shoot at it yeah, more the, the and they cops, don't let it go. The cops in this movie just have the bloodlust. Yep. Like George Washington. Washington. Yeah. 
they're just like they're like every chance they get, like they're just unloading bullets on him for no re- like yeah. Right after he has that speech, and Brad Denny's like shoot. fucking stop yeah, it. Like, yeah, it's the other but two it guys. Matter. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, the other two guys are so mad the old guy got killed, but yeah, Brian Dennehy and. Uh, David Cruz are kind of like, you know, but like the whole time with this helicopter, there's all these rifles. They've hired a dog guy to come. And I'm just like, well, this is your tax dollars at work. Yeah. (laughs) Hope Washington. Well, and and that's the thing that kind of happens here because then the, the, the comps are kind of in for a penny and for a pound. Like they realize that like, if this guy gets out, then they're all kind of fucked. And so Brian Dennehy kind of locks in of like, okay, well, like, we're going to get him. And then he keeps saying we're going to get him alive, but, like, he keeps escalating. I guess once that one dude died, you'd have to have some explanation like, well... How did he die? Yeah. You can't yes. just let the dude run off. Yes. And so, well, no. Yeah, it, you've got the <laughs> helicopter operator that knows what happened. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, so, like, the first guy to... The dogs go first. He he kills the dogs. Yeah, first. we enter yeah. the predator phase. Of yeah, <laughs> it's very long. <sighs> I thought this was amazing. It's, it's amazing. really good. It is amazing. He, he basically picks them off one by one. Yeah, he draws them towards him, like first with the decoy, and then yeah. just other ways, and then you ma- puts them in places where he's going to wound them, and yep. then make them. Yelp out in pain to sow confusion it and then so pick them off one he by like one. He stabs the first guy in the leg and he's just like, well. But he doesn't like kill them. No. Yeah. He just is. I think he kills the dogs, but he just disables he does everybody kill the else. Dogs. Yeah. All the humans, he only disables. He doesn't full on kill them. Yeah. Uh, he, he stabs David Crusoe in the butt, which is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just love the scene because it all happens so fast and they fall for the traps so easily. Yep. Yeah, he, like, home alones it in the woods. Yeah, he even set up, like, yeah, some crazy, like, spike thing that comes out. Yeah. It's the one dude in the legs. Like, they get fucked up. They get really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where they uh, decide that they got to call in, like, the National Guard. Yep. And, like... Army people and everything, and then and then a colonel shows up and says, uh, "Which yeah, I was like at this point, I was like, oh my god, they're involving the national guard. This is getting out of uh, hand, you yeah. guys." But I, I love the like when they they first pan out and they're like, um, they're showing a, a newscaster. Oh yeah, and he's like, right here in the mountains, possibly above the snow line, yeah. lies <laughs> a uh, hidden uh, you know Killer. vagrant. And, he's like, <laughs> and, and, and then like the police aren't giving details of how things got escalated. <laughs> By the way, like, of course they're not. Rambo, uh, he puts like dirt, like eye black kind of situation on, and he camouflages himself so good. He basically like makes a ghillie suit like out of the canvas, and he puts like leaves, and then he like jumps out of the bushes at some point to get one of the guys, and it is so funny. (laughs) It was really funny. I don't know if like um you know I watched this in like super HD or whatever. It was like a I think they did like a 4K restoration. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched it on. Uh, Apple TV. And uh, I don't know if you could, like, when the movie first came out, if you could easily tell, but I could see him hiding on the ground and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And this, like, super HD, I was like, oh, he's right there. I could see his head. <laughs> yeah. uh, but maybe when it was originally in theaters, you might not have I only rented it. it off Amazon in SD because it saves <laughs> you a dollar. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did not see him. I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. great. That's great. So, so, Troughton. Yes. Colonel Troutman shows oh, up. Oh, man. Colonel Campbell from Metal yeah, Gear. Yeah. <laughs> Metal Gear. Uh, he, oh, he reminded me of that guy so much. I was like, well, oh, my God. Well, that's probably what he's based on. I'm of. sure. I'm sure. His yeah. speech is so... It's like William Shatner oh, yeah. the, the first amazing. speech that he delivers. So did you guys know, like, so originally this part was for Kirk Douglas? No, I didn't know that. That's awesome, though. Oh, and he was like... Because he, he, he was... Uh, 
I was in the special features. They're talking about how like in the international film, uh, distribution at the time, Kirk Douglas was like a bigger, yes, a bigger star and bigger draw. So they had cast him as this, but, um, when they got him on set to start filming, he wanted to make all these changes to the movie, which we can talk about later. Um, and eventually they were like, no, we're not going to do that. And he like fucking like middle of shooting, just like walked off and was like, got in a plane and left. Oh my God. And they called in, um, the rock guy Hudson. who took over, uh, well, they tried to get rock Hudson. He was right. too sick. And then they went, uh, they got, they got Richard Krenna. Yeah. And he came in like, you know, one day it was like, Day of, like, hey, can you do this? Cool. All right, let's yeah, get you here. And now, so apparently, the, the, the whole lines. first day, he was just asking the script supervisor to feed him lines, which you can tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this first scene, he gets better yeah, as yeah. it goes on. But this first one, you're like, what is this guy's deal? He sounds so. He's like, a robot. Yeah, he sounds so stilted, but it's like gives this weird quality to it. Like maybe it does. this like maybe this military dude would talk like this. Like when yeah. you know, well, you don't trust him. Like you don't yeah. know what he's gonna yeah, do. He's like. It's like it's like this guy doesn't even know what he wants to do. He's like, I didn't come here to save you or to save to save Rambo. I came here to save you from, from him. him. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, he's my boy. <laughs> but I believe this is the part of the movie where they find out that, like, oh no, like this is not a vagrant. Or like, yeah, I someone mean, calls it, in, like, hey, uh, I saw him on the news, and actually, oh right, yeah, yeah actually, like, he's like he's highly got a decorated, has, medal, of honor, yeah. medal of honor. Yeah, he's a uh, green beret. Yep. And uh, I guess that happened before he traps all of them. I guess they know there's a green beret before that. But yeah. um, yeah, they start finding out little by little. Yeah, yeah. because because yeah, David Cruz was like, let's not go <laughs> out about, there. He's, like, yeah, he's just like the green berets are fucking serious. <laughs> yeah. Like, um. And uh, yeah. But and, this is where, the, the, and that's the point where Brian Dennehy doubles doubles down. He's like, no, like, well, I he can't control this narrative. We have to get this him. This is my town. Yeah. yeah. But I just, I mean, I, I think honestly, one, one of my favorite parts is Troutman's like description of like how badass this mm-hmm. guy is. Oh yeah, like you know, like he can get a knife or gun. He's like he's been trained to ignore pain. Yeah. He's like been trained to ignore weather and all yeah. this stuff. Well, and the, and the, I love how he's just like he's like, well, he, like our four guys are just like then. Quite honestly, he fucked up. Like because <laughs> yep. like he's trained to kill no matter what. Yeah. Oh. Oh, uh, well, if you guys are gonna send out two hundred guys, you better uh, make sure you bring something else too. He's like, what? A bunch of body bags. bags. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great line. Don't forget to bring more body bags. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. And so they bring in the National Guard, which like sounds threatening, sort of, until you remember that the National Guard is really just like a bunch of randos that yep. come in for like one weekend every two months. Yep. Yeah. And which I love that they acknowledge yes. in this movie the national they at admit least. that the national guard is like no threat at all and these guys are like they're like okay go in there and yeah. get him and the guy's like i'm not doing that like <laughs> yeah this is my i think this might be my favorite this is the best part of this movie scene yes. in the movie yeah rambo has like cornered uh, her, her has like holed up in this mine yeah they chase him into a mine shaft and the national guys show up and they're like trading like volleys of bullets back and forth yeah <laughs> the national guard guys duck under this trench and they're all laying down the guy who's in charge is yeah like yeah. telling them like all right marshall you go, like, go up into the mine and stop him and he's like they're like uh hell no and then, <laughs> yeah. they, and then he goes he turns to the guy next to him like hey steve 
get up there in the mine and go check this out. And he's like, I only volunteer on the weekends. Like, I don't want to. Which is almost everyone in the National Guard. It's just a moment of great comedy in this, like, very serious. And then so they basically, like, fine, we won't go up there. We'll use the rocket launcher. Yeah. (laughs) Even though they've been told, like, don't do anything until Will gets there. Like, he wants to be there. And the fact that the National Guard even agreed to do this is just, like, so ludicrous. It's like you're attacking some person, just one dude that is... Uh, one of our citizens. It's not like you're yeah. guarding the well, nation. I believe, you're just one, one I believe that's all on the authority of the sheriff. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, yeah. I guess once that one guy died in the beginning, it's like, and then he was doing all those attacks. It's like, I guess they would be going in with lethal force at yeah. this point. But yeah. in the beginning, it's like, why are you trying to kill this? Dude? Yeah. Well, and he's also spinning it like, Oh, like yeah. he's like, he's, he's off his rocker. Like he's killing people. He's a maniac. Well, yeah. And it also reflects too on like the overall theme of like, well, okay. Why did, Rambo and everyone have to do all these things in Vietnam. Like the National Guard people at this point have that as their frame of reference. And so they're like, wait, why are we doing this? I'm not going to do it. I don't care about this guy. You know, like my life is more important to me than following the orders of the National Guard. Sorry. It's like, yeah, we're not doing the very important work of stopping communism. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um,. This brings us to the mine portion. Of yes. It. Yes. <laughs> well, so, yeah. So, they use the rocket launcher and they're like, yeah, get some. Like, we fuck yeah. Him. He's and, totally then, and, and then Brian Denny, he shows up like, oh, you fucking guys. What the fuck? Like, like <laughs> God damn He's it. Like, like, I wanted you to bring him in alive. Alive. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, man, we're going to. Cliff's like, we're going to have to get some guys up here to dig him out. And he's like, no, you're doing <laughs> it right now. You better get started if you got to get back to work in the yeah, morning. No, which leaves the, <laughs> the best. One of the best lines in the movie is just like, I got to be at the drugstore in the morning. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> better get started. And then he literally takes off his hat and throws it like a little boy. He's like, ah, yeah. oh, man, I got to take this corpse of a war hero out of this mine from the rocket well, launcher. Right? So used. much firepower. There's yes. no way there'd be any body left if they had hit him. Yeah. Right. It's so stupid. But they got to get that confirmation. And so everybody knows that. So they believe that he's kind of dead. And then Troutman is kind of sitting at a uh, uh, a bar, some like another neon bar in this small <laughs> yeah. town that apparently has like Las Vegas neon signs. Um, yep. <laughs> and he's sitting there drinking. And Brian Dennehy comes and finds him. And he's Brian Dennehy's again trying to control the narrative. He's like, hey, man, like. So pretty crazy, right? Like sometimes soldiers just kind of lose it, and he's just like, "So was that he got killed for what vagrancy? Is that what it was?" Yeah, that's gonna look <laughs> great. That's gonna look great on his tombstone in Arlington. <laughs> yeah, you piece of shit. <laughs> Which is a great line. Yeah, <laughs> but also what I love about this scene is it, like Brandon, and that kind of ruffles Dennehy's feathers, and he's like, "Oh, you're what? You're gonna give him a big fucking hug?" And like, like after he did that shit to all these people, and he's like, "Honestly, I don't know what I would have done." And it's like, oh, oh, look at look at you being a being a a, a human being. Yeah, yeah. I um, guess it was supposed to be a bigger plot point that Brian Dunham is like a veteran of the yes. Korean War, and thus he resented Vietnam vets because nobody gave a crap about Korea. Right. And uh, like, there is one shot where you can see his purple heart, like in a frame in mm-hmm. the background, but he never actually says anything about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, it turns out they didn't get Rambo. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's alive as fuck inside this dark mine. Turns out you can't get Rambo. <laughs> you can't get him. 
Not even the mice can get him. No. Or rats, rats or whatever they were. Although they got him better than pretty much anyone else in the yeah. movie did. Like That's he true. was freaked out by those rats. I he mean, was it, it was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. He makes a torch. He crawls through a uh, uh, water. I was having a lot of fun seeing like how he was going to survive this entire movie. Yeah. Because, you know, you get that that speech from Chapman about how awesome he is. And we didn't talk about the scene where we see him kill a wild boar. Yes. <laughs> and, and Much much like Luke Skywalker does. Yes. It was, it was very Star Wars. <laughs> he, make, yeah. he makes a very big uh, spear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so I was having a lot of fun just seeing, like, how is he going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, he's, he's like, he found maybe, like, one... Uh, bucket of something that might have had yep. some oil or in, in it for those lamps or something and then he's like gonna use most of his clothes to make this torch and mm-hmm. i was like oh this is so awesome yeah he's got this uh huge hunting knife that i mm-hmm. guess becomes very iconic mm-hmm. from what i've read um it's not even in the book but it becomes an icon based mm-hmm. on the movie but yeah he like sets a piece of cloth on fire and then like like swings the knife around so that the cloth goes around the knife and then he uses it as like a torch. Yeah, like it's really so funny. Cool. And the knife has like a secret compartment in the, yeah, it has a hollow handle with and it has a, um, a needle and thread so he yeah. can do his own stitches yeah. in the wilderness. So badass, So badass. Um, but yeah, he, uh, kind of walks his way through the mine and mm-hmm. encounters some rats, which mm-hmm. is gross. Uh, a lot of rats, a lot. It was really gross. <laughs> and like to the point where he has to like duck down and get in the water there. And like, so like, the rats are a like, okay, there's, there's a way out because there's rats there. And real rats. Are, rats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rat, rats are, rats are always a good news, no, bad news they situation. Were, they were real rats because there is a rat wrangler in the oh, credits. Yeah. They, yeah. You could tell they were real and they're like yeah. on him and it's like, yes, yeah. it's so gross. Um, and yeah, so they're gnawing at him, and and he grabs one. And he's like, ah, and then throws <laughs> Get it out of here. I'm uh, and then he gets out. He gets out. Yeah, he finds a, a way to climb out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at this point, everyone's like, oh, he's dead. Time mm-hmm. to pack it in. <laughs> and some of the some of the cars are leaving uh, the army cars. And uh, he hops in one and like commandeers it in a pretty hilarious way. Yeah, and the guy's like, oh, blah, blah. he's like, what do you got in the back? M sixty. And he's like, okay, get out. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> and the guy's like, wait, I didn't do anything. And he just throws him out. And like, <laughs> yeah. and the guy's terrified to be thrown out of this moving vehicle. I mean, yeah, yeah. why not? I yeah. would be. Yeah, he's, going pretty he's, fast. he's just like, all right. Yeah, he's like walks away <laughs> after he gets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then so then you get Dennehy, someone gets on the horn and be like, so you know how you, we thought we killed Rambo? Look, <laughs> you He's like, wrong. well, we didn't do that in the slightest. Someone, I think they, don't they say something like, sounds like someone pulled the pin on it too early or yeah. something like that. <laughs> He's still alive. And so basically he has to call like martial law and tell all the citizens yeah. to go into their homes. Yeah, like, I, I love that he has like some sort of like broadcast system. Yeah, that like just, an emergency. just that goes out sense. through the yeah. whole town. In a small town, you might have that. Get actually. off the streets. There's yeah. a killer. Give me my Dennehy's. <laughs> And at first, okay, so so Rambo's driving this truck, right? And he's, like, coming into the city, and he just swerves and, like, hits this, like, gas station. And I'm like, what is he doing? Because <laughs> he just crashes totally into this Yeah, thing. I'm like, why is he doing that? Yeah, and then all like, of a sudden, it makes so much sense. Yeah, and we might, I feel like we might have a, some competition for biggest explosion going yeah. on for sequel rights. Everything Rambo's for a reason. <laughs> we get a huge fucking explode. He blows yes. up the gas station along with all the cars and everything. It's yep. like a series of explosions. Yep. Uh, well, and it can't possibly have been 
completely intentional either because it's not like he went around with a can like spreading the gas everywhere right. like yeah. it kind of just like there's gas everywhere because it's a gas station and every car like starts getting blown up in in succession like, yeah and the gas is just like shooting out of the ground yeah like, it's well so the, cool. they the police are even saying over the radio they're like we don't know how many deposits were actually underneath that gas station so this could be <laughs> yeah. going for a long time uh yeah and it's fun to it, this part was so fun to see Rambo like going around the city like setting up all these distractions mm-hmm. and making uh Brian Dennehy think he's like over here and no mm-hmm. man, now he's over there and then he, oh he's systematically taking out the electricity in the town yep. and, and oh he's going to blow up the uh just in case they might go to the ammo store and get more guns oh, they're going to blow great. up the ammo the store, store. Which also has neon lights. It does. Called the yeah, Alpha. and he's shooting all the Transformers out, and then uh, Brian Dennehy starts to get crafty. He starts to be like, oh, like I can see what's happening here. Well, he's destroying the town. I shouldn't try to stop that at all and just let him go. I'm going to get this guy. Yeah. Well, and I love I love that, like, at this point, Brian Dennehy's character is, like, so freaked out that, like, he's in the police office, and he, like, is looking around, and he looks up, and, like, I think, you know, he... <laughs> He's like on one point, like thinking, "Oh, I should maybe go on the roof so I can get a better vantage point." But at the same time, I think he's also like, "He might already be on the roof." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, like, Everywhere he goes in, he's like, "He's already here." Like, yeah. he, starts- he like pulls down the stairs to go to the roof, and he pulls out a gun as he opens it. Like he's right, he's right there already. And I love that he's like Rambo's like stoked this fear in him. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, and yeah, yeah. Oh. You know what? We skipped a, a, a pivotal scene in this movie um, mm-hmm. when Troutman actually before I think that's even before the the mine and everything, where he's out there and they try to get um, the colonel who is who is Rambo's old squad leader um, to get him to talk to them to get to break radio silence. They mm-hmm. talk to him over the radio and it's like almost mean the way that he does it though. He like decides to start calling out the names of all the dead guys and their old signals and everything. Like instead of just being like, Hey Rambo, it's me. Come out. You know, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of well, I up. think, I think in the, in the course of the movie, we're not supposed to know if he wants, if, if he's a liability for, for Troutman, like he might want to kill him as much. Like I, like I yeah, think cause that, Troutman's a very mysterious figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it seems like that he might just want to wrap up his mess. Maybe Rambo did some shit in Vietnam that they don't want to be out there either. Like, so right. because it is really weird. Cause it is really weird that he, uh, Troutman shows up totally by himself too. Yeah. Like, he's not there with like a bunch of other army people. No, yeah. one, like he could just be some dude in a costume. Like I've bought a hat. They just take, yeah, they just take him at his word, you know, like he's not there in seeming any, uh, f- official capacity or anything. Um, yeah. oh yeah. There's another great line too. Um, where like Tr- when Troutman's talking to, uh, to Will, Brian Dennehy's character, and he's like, only one of us could survive this fight or whatever. Yeah. And he like implies, like, it's not you, man. You're going to die if you try to go fight <laughs> fight Rambo. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, so when, when Trapman's kind of reaching out and doing this radio thing, we get this thing from from Stallone, which is a pretty great performance where he, he contemplates, and then it seems like that like a, a dam of emotion just breaks for him. Like, he can't help but respond it goes against everything in his training and like the gravity of that really plays well in this moment and he's like they're all dead everybody's dead sir like and 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 you can tell he's questioning it and then he basically has this is the full down breakdown that we were talking about earlier um well not quite no not over the radio yeah it all happens Mm -hmm. at the end it's not really that much of a break yeah but he does 
like even the colonel's like, oh, what about uh, Danbury? He survived, yeah. and he's like, nope, he's also dead. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he well, I didn't like, know that. Like uh, the war killed him, and he didn't even know it, or something. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> which is a super sad way to put yep. that. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah. So it all leads up to this like final confrontation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will uh, Brian Dennehy? He's up on the roof. Thinks he's got like the drop on uh, Rambo. But of course he doesn't. Rambo's got a bigger gun. He can shoot straight through the ceiling and shoots shoots uh, Brian Dennehy in the leg or something, and he falls down through the 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 uh, the light the the glass ceiling yeah. there. Um, and we get this. You know, Troutman shows up to to finally have a conversation with with uh, Rambo face to face, and this is where we get this like final breakdown yeah, that right. I think for me like really helps to elevate the movie. Like you finally, the whole movie you've been thinking about all of the, you know, things around PTSD and Vietnam and none of those things have really been said out loud at all uh, up until this point. Like they all come spilling out of Stallone's character in this like amazing, um, like kind of like flow of consciousness. It's just like basically like an old school monologue. Like you could be like, is this on stage? You know, like he just goes for it and the Colonel doesn't really say much back. Um, and And it's really kind of shocking too, because I mean, there was okay. That like one moment where he seems like maybe a little bit vulnerable talking on the, on the, uh, the radio in the middle, but the entire movie, you you could be like, Oh, like you, you could say like, Oh, Stallone's like not, he's not doing anything in this movie. He's just kind of like, yes, his, his eyes and face are so like just focused on, you know, the mission and he's so like straightforward and stoic. And like, even when he's talking, he's just like, there's like no emotion. There's almost Mm -hmm. no emotion on him at all. Um, and it's like a wonderful trick to see like, Oh no, like he, this is like making this final scene even more powerful when Mm -hmm. he's like, he can't stop himself from a crying and he's just like saying all these random, you know, memories that he had with the war. And it's like really heartbreaking. Yeah. And, like the performance is really great. It's incredible, yeah. yeah. Um apparently this movie was like all over the place with like the writing and the editing and like it got rewritten a hundred times. And if you actually believe, you know, the crazy IMDB trivia, like literally every single actor was the one yeah. considered for the role. Well, they said that and, on the special features that this was like at the time it was like considered a cursed project. It was like the most optioned yeah. script around. It had been like it had been optioned like twenty six times and people had written so many scripts and Yeah, well it's completely Nuts. It's all over the place, like in tone, but also like any actor in any of the role would have roles, either the Brian Dennehy role or the Sylvester Stallone role would have to be like, do I really want to do this? Like, what am I saying? What Mm -hmm. is this going to, you know, like it's a vet. Yeah. But he's like attacking the local police and it's like, okay, or I could be the sheriff, but like I'm attacking this innocent guy. And it's just like, ah, it's like all over the, you don't even know if the Colonel's evil or if he's (laughs) good. Like there's really no winners in this thing. Like, well, and it sounds like welcome to America. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. For this, you know, for the version of the movie that ended up existing, they made some important changes from the book. Like I guess in the book, um, he is, uh, Rambo is very much more like, uh, cr- like really crazy mm-hmm. maniac and actually like kills. Yeah. He like lays waste to the city and kills all these cops. Like in this movie, he doesn't actually kill anyone. No, yeah. I'm a, so Sylvester Stallone is the one that 
reportedly brought in all the PTSD and the yeah. hauntedness and the, um, you know, the, it, the confusion. Yeah, it seems like the movie actually improved upon, I mean, I haven't read the book, but from the sound of it, it sounds yeah. like it improved on the themes that the book was trying to bring out, but, yeah. mm-hmm. but did maybe like went a little bit too violent in the book. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then apparently, like the first cut, Celeste Stallone supposedly hated it so much that he then he and somebody else recut the entire thing again mm-hmm. based on just what they had. And so you can sort of feel that disconnect throughout the movie, especially like the ending is so jarring and you're just not really sure if you're like, is that because of all of the cutting shenanigans or did they really just mean for it to be like that shocking and just like completely, you know, cause it just pretty much just ends after yeah. that speech. Like it's like, all right, like Brian Dennehy doesn't even die, really. I mean, he gets wheeled off into an ambulance. He's still alive, and then you know Rambo just walks away with the colonel, and you're like, oh. and it just ends in freeze frame of him like looking pensively into the distance. Well, like, and uh, the ending was actually even more shocking originally. Okay, uh, there's actually an alternate ending uh, on the Blu-ray too that that matches the ending of the book. Uh-huh. In the book, uh, Colonel Troutman uh, kills Rambo at the end. Yeah. And they shot this in the in the alternate ending, and it's really kind of messed up. Like, like Rambo, uh, you know, it's 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 after this he's had this breakdown. He stands back up and goes up to the colonel, and grabs the colonel's sidearm, and like holds it in front of him and says, "Like, I want you to kill me. I don't want them to get me. Mm-hmm. Like, it yeah. should be you. It needs to be you." And he like points the gun at his you know abdomen, and uh, basically puts the colonel's hand there like to pull the trigger. And the colonel goes to turn to like, because he can't do it. He, he like mm-hmm. goes to turn and Rambo pulls it back and makes it fire and he dies. And that was like the end. And I guess they like tested out that, that at a screening and everyone was like, who the fuck made this decision? You can't like, yeah. he, they said someone in the audience was like, if the director's here, he should be burned on a stake. Oh. Like, <laughs> like, no, well, I mean, make this that makes more sense in like a narrative sense like you have that catharsis at the end and in in a way by not doing that it like leaves everything kind of like in limbo and it has more of the it it makes it more allegorical for the vietnam war and like there's no winners there's no resolution everyone's just fucked up they said you know uh which i'm sure you guys felt this way too like at the by the end of the movie you're like on rambo's side and you want to see him like maybe have a chance at like a normal life after this. Maybe, but at the same time too, like if that had happened, you would sort of see it as like a mercy killing. Yeah. It would be just, it's just really depressing. It does just like, and I, it leaves it more open to, uh, for sequels, for sequels. But I, I also like when, when the Colonel, you like, we don't know what their relationship is. And right. so like, we don't know how much resentment there is. So like, there's it's a, probably not a good one. <laughs> no. And that's the thing. It's like, there's a part of me that's like, well, I think that Rambo, there's a part of Rambo that wants to kill Troutman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, for sure. And, and I think that, that leaving that open. And I think that it's one of those things that maybe even makes him like, it brings him even further into the PTSD and like hearing him, it brings him even further. Like that's a, that, leads to the assault on the on the town and so having that resolution um i i i i'm just i think this ending's better oh yeah yeah, yeah I, I think it is too it's but i i mean you know who you know we <laughs> even at this time too it's like you, who wants to have like a super depressing ending like why yeah. not put something more ambiguous and potentially hopeful out there right also potentially more depressing i don't know no. yeah i was just going to say i think it's actually more depressing yeah. that he doesn't well, die 
but it's open. You can do what yeah, you want. Yeah, but you could you could you could think that maybe he's gonna go get some help. Like there there's room yeah. for that in you, you don't know what's going on. He's just being walked but out. Appa- apparently he's going back into the field. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh no, but like yeah, I almost see it as like more depressing that like because I like I not that you know suicide's not good. But yeah, I was living like, is good. But like I think it's almost more depressing to be like. There's not going to be a solution to this. Here at yeah, Secret Rights, we've, we've taken a firm stance living I is good. I think that the, him asking to be killed is more depressing yes, than yeah. him living at the end. Like, well, that's the difference between you and me. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> fucked up. That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> that is fucked up. I, I think, you know, I don't know. I, I would like to be hopeful that he would have got some help, potentially. Well, guys, I think we might get to find out. We might. Um, wait, before we go, we got to talk about the music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not just the terrible song that's at the end of the credits. There's a lot of contemplative horns throughout this. But the score, I think, is really great by Jerry yes. Goldsmith. Yes. Uh, who, you know, has done... Has he done a movie before? So many movies. So many amazing <laughs> movies. Um, and uh, I just think this is like a classic, a classic score. That it is. I wish... Uh, I don't think it's like... I looked on Spotify and they have... I'm sure they put out the score for this at some point, but on Spotify you can only see part two. Um but uh, I just love, it's like a really, there's got some like Western elements and then also this like great, like, I love the like sneaking piano, mm-hmm. uh, like doom, 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 that like goes throughout uh, all the chasings in the trees and everything. I really uh, enjoyed his work a lot on this, um, but not the, they turn one of his themes into this like pop song at the yeah. end. That well, is sung by Dan Hill, which I, I never I talk about this because I always forget. But I have been mainta- maintaining this entire time a Spotify playlist yeah. of all of the movies that we've ever oh, nice. done, soundtracks and songs. Um, it's very purge and step up heavy, but uh, everything is on there. <laughs> nice. So. Um, but yeah, that oh, the song at the end was just ruining it for me. Yeah, it was very cheesy. <laughs> it's a long road. <laughs> Whatever, like it's just uh, look up the lyrics. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to end the movie! I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it ends on a freeze frame too. It does, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as was wont to do in '82. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, do we have a rating system for this one? Oh, well, let's see. How about the jacket? The, how many uh, rotting canvas jackets? Oh, no. I was thinking of the You're luxurious thinking, yeah, sheepskin jacket. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> how yeah. many luxurious sheepskin jackets? True North give, jackets. Would you give <laughs> First Blood? Uh, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost want to give it a 10 out of 10, honestly. Um, I think this is a really important movie. Um, they drew First Blood. And they drew first blood. Um, you know, especially hearing some of the, you know, people who are, uh, you know, I'm not a critic or anything. So listening to the, um, the behind the scenes special features where people were talking on about the importance of this movie at the time mm-hmm. that it was really, you know, one of the first movies to deal with uh, PTSD in this way. And it came about in a time where people were, finally starting to realize it like, Oh, I think we fucked up in the way we treated Vietnam vets and everything. Um, so, you know, they credited the movie with helping to change people's opinion about that in a way. And I think that's really important. And, uh, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, knowing what Rambo becomes (laughs) having seen some of the other movies, it's just extremely fascinating to see this like place where it started in such a serious way. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. 
I'm going to go 10 luxurious Whoa. sheepskin jackets. I think that it is, um, it has all of the pacing and all of the set pieces of a, of a blockbuster action movie. Like it said, it has, it has the beats of a diehard. It has all these things, but it actually has a message behind it. And I don't think that the message is force fed or entirely, it's not, um, easily distilled down. I think that it's, it's complex and it, and it opens to conversation. And that is everything that I love about movies. It is wildly entertaining, has great, great scenes and action set pieces and offers something to a a collective cultural conversation that I don't think is, uh, that I believe is a net positive. Um, and I think that that's, Hard to do, and I feel like that a lot of movies that, as much as we love them that come out now, uh, fail to do exactly that. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it, oh gosh, I was originally going to say eight, but I think I'm going to give it nine luxurious uh, fluffy sheepskin coats. <laughs> um, I thought this movie was great. I, Like I said, I knew nothing about this, so the whole time it just like kept me on my toes because I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> you know, um so there's that and yeah it's just like really shocking like the, how bold it it is with the chances that it takes like i don't uh i guess they eventually were rewarded with returns because the movie was very successful but like when they were making this final cut like you th- somebody had to have been like we can't do this this isn't successful you know like the <laughs> studio or somebody or maybe yep. they just had given up so much at that point that they just gave over like so much creative control to sylvester stallone which is for the better i think um but yeah it just uh i think though i really could have used a little bit like of tightening of the narrative i guess like because i mean in my personal opinion, I would be like, it doesn't really surprise me that these cops are being such jerks for no reason. But I mean, I think the movie maybe could have just shown a little bit more of their motivation, uh, just so that the beginning wouldn't seem so like just yeah, bad they're just shit like they're insane. just shitty people. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, especially back then when I think people didn't really have as bad of an opinion of, of the cops as we do now. Maybe in some cases, 80, eighty-two. I'm sure that they did. Oh yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's supposed to reflect the lingering, like uh, like he says at the end, people were protesting sure outside the plane when he arrives, calling yeah. him a baby killer. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But also reflect. Um, it's it's also the time where Brian, De- all the problems that Brandon he has of of the issues of oh shit. Like I, we tried to kill a congressional medal of honor winner is if we just kill him in the woods, then nobody has to know. Yeah. Let's cover it up. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> uh, but other anyways, I did really, really like it. And so I'll say nine. Um, uh, yeah. Like I said in the beginning, it just so strikes me how not racial, uh, the movie is. Like, mm-hmm. it, because it just, I'm just like, wait, he's white. Why are they doing this? It's just crazy how now, it's like I just don't believe that these white cops would do this to this white guy. Like, well, it, they still had hatred for you know the Italians and yeah, and Irish. I mean, it's <laughs> an Italian was, thing. Like, yes, like we, we we've condensed white people into white people, but <laughs> right. there yeah. was there was still a lot of hate to go around. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, it just it's kind of crazy how <laughs> it's not racial, but now like we've actually regressed mm-hmm. you know even though this was however many years ago it's like i would expect it to be worse now which is like so <laughs> yeah. sad yeah. well uh-huh. you wouldn't have to call in the national guard to get a rocket launcher so that's that's <laughs> yeah. part of it yeah. um 
Well, anyway. Yeah, like uh, like Elis said, uh, this uh, movie was super popular at the box office. It had a budget of like $14 million and it went to be the top film in theaters three weekends in a row. Yeah. Making about the same amount of money each weekend. It was like $7 million, $7 million, $7 million. Um, And it ended up being the 13th uh, top grossing movie that year. Which and is I think crazy. it was even bigger internationally because yeah. other countries were probably like, ah, America, <laughs> totally, yeah. shoot each other for once. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy yeah. American stunt movie. Um, yeah, so it did really well. And uh, so that means we got sequels. Not just a sequel. We have a part two. Oh, yes. Rambo First Blood Part, part two. two. Coming at you next week. It's a lot of numbers. Yep. So many numbers. And, uh, yeah, I think by this point they uh, they had put the Rambo title on there. So can't believe it's not second. <laughs> Talk about this, your missed if opportunity. This doesn't feel, if the next movie doesn't feel like a part two, I'm going to be like, why? I don't think it's going to. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know nothing that. about what's coming other than what you guys have alluded to, so I'm very cautious. Yeah, I don't really remember. The only one I I did see the Rambo 2008 when it came right. out in theaters, but um, – yeah, we'll see. We'll find out. Oh, I forgot to week. mention that Sylvester Stallone was at my master's graduation, oh. and I walked right by him as I was. I was going to say, were you on a conference call with Sylvester Stallone? No, but we are pretty good friends. No, just kidding. Uh, he, he he was at the graduation, and then when they announced his daughter, everyone like cheered for her extra because it was like obvious who she was, but. I totally like made eye contact with him and it was one of those things where it was like the celebrity being like, don't do it. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not that I was going dare. to, but like I could tell that I was, pre- cause my, the masters people come in first before the undergrad. So I was like in the first group oh, and I man. totally saw him and I had the like, wait, is that like, you know, <laughs> moment. And then I was just like, Oh, I got to keep walking. Not going to do mind. it. <laughs> but I did get kind of like a really far away picture of him later on. Uh, so I'll post is that, that Sylvester Stallone or did a geriatric <laughs> ape make it in here? Oh, <laughs> terrible, He's terrible. so huge. He is huge. Oh, I forgot to say other amazing things on the Blu-ray. Yeah. There is a, uh, how to become Rambo part one. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's like the trainer. It's like Sylvester Stallone's trainer on there showing you the workouts that he does, oh. that he did to get ready for part two. Is that part of Son of Rambo? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish that was part of the franchise. That'd be so great. So, yes. Uh, email us at sequelrights at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to be with Rambo for a little bit, but we still need your ideas for future franchises. And also uh, connect with us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sequel Rights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We love stars. Give us stars. Um, but, yeah, anyways, uh, I guess we'll be back next week with more Rambo, more blood, Not second blood, first blood, part two.